1: at LuckyLandslots.com.
0: Available to players in the U.S.,
1: excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Over the course of his career, Jay Bender has championed now stars like Laura Benanti early in their careers, assembled the original casts of some beloved shows, and helped audiences rediscover classic musicals at encores. But what is the secret to his success? What makes a good audition? What makes a good collaborator? More importantly, what makes a good casting director? And what's in store for the future of Bender Casting? I'm your host, Mark Pikert, and you are listening to Jay Bender, A Life in Casting. Well, Jay, so I want to know, we've heard from so many amazing actors who rave about what you are like in the audition room. Is that something that was always natural for you? Or was that something that you learned through trial and error over the course of your years in regional theater?
2: It was always natural uh, because you can't be in this business in any capacity unless it's in your blood. And you certainly can't work in this business unless you love actors. Actors... I always say, are the aliens, because they create uh, characters through their own being. That's, uh, and I use that in the most complimentary sense. And so being an actor is not easy, no matter how many years you've done it or how skilled you are. It's becoming another person through yourself.
0: What's so interesting is you're saying that casting a good casting director loves actors, but almost every actor I've ever spoken to hates auditions and is terrified of going in front of casting directors. Is that, how do they they overcome that mentality? What's the best way to walk into an audition?
2: I think the best way to walk into an audition is to believe in two things. A, to play on your nerves and to really... Really use them to your advantage so that there's adrenaline going and indeed there is complete and total focus. As Kate said, there's a complete difference between auditioning and rehearsing a play. But the most important thing is when you walk into an audition, whether it be a pre screen for a casting director or for the creative staff, from that moment you walk into the room, that's when the audition begins. That's when you have to give those people you're auditioning for a gift. Each actor has a gift to give. And so if you are open, then we're going to be much more charmed and we're going to be much more inclined to want to accept your gift. And that's something that, you know, is not easily accomplished but it really is a major key the other major key is that in that audition at that moment you need to give an opening night performance i mean you need to be so secure in your preparation that you can actually deliver the goods as you believe them to be the truth and you cannot do it halfway you have to make a complete commitment and i think that's those are the major major things now you have to be prepared you have to have done your homework uh i always believe that when you're looking at a side um rather than plan out every moment to pick the three or four key points within the scene that you have to achieve and then let the Spontaneity carry you to each uh, tentpole, as it were, and that really is the best way to keep the spontaneity, but to also know what you have to achieve. Laura talked about you coaching her before auditions. Is that
0: something that you do a lot? What what prompts you to take that kind of care with a with a performer before an audition?
2: It all depends on the performer. I there are certain. Uh, things that I know the director is looking for that I want to point out to the actor. And there's a fine line between, I don't direct, do you know what I mean? But I guide them to make the right choices. I mean, the, the, the strongest example that I can give you is that when we were doing King and I, King and I was when we did it, the first production to have a complete, Asian or Asian related in Lou Diamond Phillips case cast it was it took over a year And we received in the mail out of the blue uh, resumes from Juhi Choi uh, Who played Tup Tim and Taiwan Yi Kim who played Lady Tiang and they Were living in Atlanta both of them Uh, They were opera singers and they English was definitely their second language, Uh, more so Taiwan Yi Kim. And I had to coach them. And the most amazing thing happened with Taiwan, I had to get her to understand her relationship and love for the king. There was no way that I could communicate this to her so that she, who had never really acted before, could have these feelings and finally i said to her i said since you've come to america and you know have you con- uh, converted to catholicism and she said yes i have and i said well you have to imagine that the king and your relationship is the same relationship with jesus now as corny as that sounds that opened it up for her and she began to have an understanding of what she had to emotionally achieve. And when you do that, you know that is uh, the key that unlocks everything. And so you have to be a bit of a psychologist as all as directors have to be, and as casting directors have to be, and you have to know which buttons to push and how to push them. For a positive effect, I mean,
0: what is that philosophy of knowing what buttons to push and what effect it will cause what is that how does that translate
2: to your relationship with uh, the director or the producer well, well the thing about it is is that you know when uh, there are some directors that know me very well and that have turned to me and said, "Have you coached them and i've never lied and i've said yes uh, and uh, there are some directors that never ask and you know uh in the case of james schneider uh in uh, years ago when we were doing fanny james and i worked together because i knew exactly what mark bruny was looking for exactly and i wanted him to get that part so you really have to pick and choose you know but mostly it's to clarify what the director needs to see to make sure that the actor delivers to the director what they're looking for uh, and you have to be very careful, but you know uh, I've been doing it and and uh, I don't know anything about other offices I never have, but I do know that uh, when we were doing thirty nine steps uh, after uh, we opened, uh, you know Jack Bowden coached every single actor so that they could avoid all the pitfalls. Uh, that you can so easily fall into, uh, as far as Lion King, uh Mark does the same thing. So you know the kind of coaching that we do varies from project to project. Uh, but I I enjoy it and I try very hard, you know, to keep within the boundaries of what the director is looking for, because at the end of the day, that's our job as casting directors is to, to deliver to the director what they have in their mind and that's the key of all the relationships that you have with the creative staff how do you navigate
0: working with a director who maybe has a different vision than you have for a a type of performer or what the ensemble should look like how often do you push back and how do you do that when you do
2: It all depends on the director. I'm working with Uh, There are some directors who have a very clear vision of what they're looking for And so it's uh, unwise to push back Uh, There are some directors uh, That you have uh, a trust with uh, That you can say give them would you mind giving them an adjustment? Would you mind working with them? Uh, And some directors will Uh, I mean one of the great examples of when we were doing Charlie Brown I mean most anybody worth their salt you know that has a comic bone in their body can do time as um, as Snoopy and there we were you know we were headed down what I felt might not be the wisest choice I knew you know Uh, Where we should be going. So rather than say anything what I did was uh, They were just doing a supper time and the Red Baron. So what I did is I pieced together uh, a series of six to eight of Snoopy's speeches because you know There's no really long connected scenes in Charlie Brown and Snoopy is the smartest character on stage and that's the joke and the irony of why Uh, Peanuts works Uh, And so once I put those together for the final callbacks It became instantly apparent to everyone and they made the right choice So there are many ways, you know that uh, when we were doing uh, and this is what I love uh, About uh, Rob Berman Uh, When we were doing hey look me over uh, I asked Rob You know and have in the past, you know To work with certain people to see You know what they can really deliver and Rob Always, you know says yes, he'll work with someone and that's how Clifton Duncan Stopped the show cold in the Green Willow section uh, With never will I marry because, in, in fact, uh, Rob worked with uh, Clifton Duncan twice. That's why that happened. Uh, I find that, you know, having that relationship with a musical director and also understanding how they work. I mean, each musical director works differently. Uh, I mean, putting together an ensemble sound is all good musical directors hear in their mind The finished sound of the ensemble and have a concept of the kind of singers Every time we start an encore, Rob and I have a very brief discussion uh, You know of which we basically tell each other what we know If we're doing a show that was arranged by the very famous arrangement arranger Hugh Martin, there's a particular kind of close harmony uh, That is required in a particular kind of singer that has that ear uh, and so you know you then begin to bring in people uh that have that ability and that style of singing and you know i also know that the thing that i love about certain directors james opine uh who doesn't say a lot but what he says is invaluable he greets everyone cordially and he asks every single person where they're from and just simply asking where they're from immediately creates you know uh an ease within the actor and james takes only two notes uh singing uh and he'll put one word uh acting and another word that's all the notes james ever takes but from Hmm. that from that he can tell you know what he needs it's a technique of working with each director. There are some directors that will give no adjustments or notes at all. And if you're an actor, never, ever say to a director, uh, listen, if you'd like to make uh, have me make an adjustment, please let me know. Because, you know, no director is going to do that unless they're really interested. Um, um You know, and some people give the most remarkable adjustments and some people uh, Expect you to come in and are looking for somebody That can naturally deliver what they're looking for So you really need to know how to work with each director and how far uh, You can go because as i've said before it has to be the director's idea uh, The ownership and it has to be the choreographer's Ownership and the authors, if they are living.
0: Low these many episodes, we've talked a lot about the creative process, but one thing we've never really addressed, Jay, is that you are also a small business owner.
2: And at a certain point, you joined RWS. Well, it was very interesting because as the business was changing, RWS approached me. Uh, I first met with Brussels Manuel, the CEO. We talked at great length about rws acquiring binder casting well I before said,
0: before you get too far into that when you say the business is changing what do you mean by that
2: well the thing about it is is that you know um uh, it's no casting is no longer a small industry and i felt that after all these years of running a small independent business that working with rws would make me grow i would be part of a large company. Uh, that wanted to acquire and expand uh, into the theater, and uh, it was a terrific marriage. and it also allowed me eventually to work in development. so i was I was very, very uh, happy to be asked. and also when I met went out to have two meetings, lengthy meetings with Ryan stana, uh, I felt that here was somebody that Really cared. He not only cared about his business, but he cared about casting, and he cared about the theater. Uh, and when Joe Christopher came on as the VP of Ticketed Events, uh, this is before you know COVID. Uh, you know, and Joe is now you know an integral part of the of the company beyond those duties. Uh, in this climate but you know i had worked with joe uh and i loved him and he was a damn good and is a damn good general manager working with general managers is a very tricky thing to do and they're all good and but each one works in a different way uh and so it's not only working with uh your creators but it's working with general management and joe and i had uh a great experience uh, on Sister Act, and we we felt the same way. And so then we moved out to Long Island City in the second year, and really what I was blessed with was a casting staff, of course, with Mark, uh, and with Chad Renane uh, We added uh, Justin Bohan, and then uh, when Justin went on to other things, we added Sarah Cooney and Jarrett Ritchie, who is uh, a godsend a remarkable assistant who is just amazing at His organizational skills We created a team and what I was doing is I ended up casting several several readings Of plays that we were interested in uh in one way or another and then I made uh, faithful Uh, To certain projects uh, that I cast myself like the Shakespeare Theatre because the director uh, Is uh, Someone I respect so it was really a mix of of both casting uh, certain projects uh, And working in development, which is a very long process uh, Which Bruston and Ryan understood and
0: when you you were talking a little bit about the rws offered you the chance to go
2: into development what what did that look like for you well it's something i've always wanted to do because you know uh as arthur lawrence has said you know in his book on directing uh you either have it in your bones or you don't and fortunately uh, i've always had a very good sense of the construction of a play um uh, what is needed to tell the story, what is missing to tell the story, uh, different ways that authors can approach telling the story. And that's been a joy, uh, working on new plays and uh, helping the author and suggesting. Uh, I mean, you know, Neil, you have to work with every author differently. I mean, you know, I learned from Neil the most because neil being the genius he always said tell me what's wrong don't tell me how to fix it oh uh, that's i'm stealing that for my life right exactly me too i've tried if i were you know, i wish i were more successful at that uh, <laughs> brian rightly so and brilliantly uh had because of his relationship uh with the uh, with uh pittsburgh uh and point park uh, when they were building a multi-million dollar arts complex, well, Ryan uh, negotiated a way that we had our very own tryout house. And uh, when we did um, uh, The Old Man in the Sea with Anthony Cavello it was the perfect place to try it out. It's a state-of-the-art uh, facility, both a major proscenium and a, a transformational black box. And so that was also part of Ryan's genius in that be uh, Creating a home by which we could try things out uh, and that you know because most of the tryouts that uh, are happening in Resident theaters have to come up with a tremendous amount of enhancement money now So do we yeah. but not to the degree that other theaters are asking and so that was you know made uh, a home for which uh, we could, after workshops at RWS, uh, we could uh, have a platform to perform in front of a live audience because no matter how many workshops or readings you do, there's a difference. Uh, you put uh, paying customers in the seats and you learn far more than you ever could. Doing readings and workshops because readings and work, workshops today are not what Michael Bennett invented. No, workshops no. today are, in many ways, yes, you learn about the piece and you develop, but they are and they were, rather, because things will change in this world. God knows, but they were glorified backers of auditions. The world is going to change, and we have to change with it. I mean.
0: Well, is this is this the future of Jay Bender? Are you going to go into producing more than casting?
2: I don't know. I mean, I I really don't know. I, I have um I have to take stock of what my future is. Uh I I know that I leave Binder casting in very able hands. Uh, you know, between Mark and Chad and Sarah and Jared Uh, I so wait
0: you you are you are officially announcing your retirement from binder casting
2: Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to retire and when needed consult You know as you know, well, that's the dream. Yeah, I've been doing this, you know, since the early 80s, which is a long time you know and uh, I have other things that I want to do Uh, And um, fortunately, I have some very, very uh, loyal friends and contacts.
0: Take a well-deserved break, because what you have contributed to the American theater, not just Broadway, the American theater, is truly remarkable and so inspiring to so many people. So for that, I, on behalf of many, many theatergoers,
2: thank you. And I have so many people to thank. For the opportunities and for the collaboration as you know with with mark and jack Bowden uh and laura stanzik in the past and sarah prosser uh who worked for us uh, and was uh so much a part of moving out uh i'm so lucky that when binder casting was independent uh I worked with remarkable people and RWS is also working with remarkable people. And I feel happy and proud to know that the name is in good hands and is protected. And the one last thing I want to say about actors, which is something that never ceases to amaze me is that what makes a star and what makes star quality and the one piece of information that I know is the special gift that several people have is that you are sitting in the audience and the best two examples are Bette Midler and you Jackman and Harvey Parson, you actually believe that that actor is Acting directly to you and the actor enters and Looks at the audience and the and says unspoken We have a secret together Join me on this journey We'll be on this journey together and every single member of the audience believes that they are in on the secret that the star has. And that is something that you're born with. And
0: joining us is Ryan Stana from RWS. When did you first know the name Jay Bender?
1: I was in middle school. I would get backstage magazines sent to my home every week, and you would always see the name Jay Bender in all the casting breakdowns. And that's when I began to know the name Jay Bender.
0: So how did Bender Casting end up on your radar as you were looking to expand RWS into this field?
1: Sure, so in 2014, 2015, RWS was casting thousands of performers a year for the hospitality, leisure, and attractions industry. And there were two reasons we purchased bender casting. One, you know, in the 1990s, working at a theme park or on a cruise ship or at a resort was a really cool job to have, but the entertainment industry changed in the early 2000s. And RWS was founded in 2003. And by 2014, 2015, we were casting all these performers And we had to figure out a way to bring top-level talent for what might be considered not to be a cool job anymore. So how do we innovate and how do we change that opinion of those type of jobs? And second, we always cared about the education and success of our performers. And for a good majority of our performers, at that time, we were a stepping stone or a launch pad for their careers. So our leadership team decided they wanted to create a trajectory for our performers, where they could start with us at a theme park or at a resort or on a cruise ship, and then end up in Broadway commercials, TV or film. And that is how Binder Casting came part of our radar.
0: And Jay, what was your reaction when this was first brought, brought to you?
2: Well, it was a shock. Uh, and, you know, having been an independent casting director f- for many, many years, you know, it gave me pause to really think this through. And as I met Ryan several times, I knew that I would be joining a family and joining with somebody that had great respect and great understanding of what I did and what I had done. And I just felt a camaraderie and a trust between us.
1: We spoke about the industry and he understood my vision, which was not the case for so many other people we met with. And And what I was more shocked about at that moment was how much Jay did not know what a legacy he had built. And seeing him across from me that day made me think, I want this to be the company we buy. Because if I were in Jay's position, I would want someone to keep my legacy alive. And from that day forward, No matter what company we met with or legit casting director that said they could bring us X number of dollars, Bender Casting was who I wanted to purchase, and I wanted to create that new generation of Bender Casting.
0: Well, I mean, as someone who's spent many, many, many hours listening to Jay tell stories from his career, over the course of the last few years working so closely with Jay, what have you learned from him?
1: Really phenomenal casting directors have talent connections, but they also treat casting as an art form. And Jay Bender is a true artist. That is sums it all up in everything. I thought a casting director was a cross between a director and a stage manager, but that's not the case. They have their true art form and Jay led that art form. And Mark, what I would also say is, you know, we made sweeping changes at Bender Casting, adding a commercial department. And one thing I kept looking at was Jay and Jay's role. And at heart, Jay is a director and he loves reading scripts and seeing what those scripts can be. And so I was looking at Jay to say, look, he's not being utilized at his full advantage here being a casting director. So that's immediately why we moved him over to the RWS side in a developmental role. So he could take our theatrical division and shape those new works. And really, then I could focus on bringing Binder Casting to a new generation and making Binder Casting based on a brand other than, you know, based on a brand that provides great service not a brand based on a person's name and what that person does. And a lot of casting offices or people in the theatrical community fall into that same situation. They are always the person with the name on the door. But my question to those people are, what's going to happen when that person whose name is on the door is no longer with us? How can we keep that legacy living on?
0: So, with Jay retiring, what is going to happen now that the person whose name is on the company is no longer with you?
1: Because we have created that transition of creating Bender Casting as a name that's based on a quality service. And over the last three years, we have stopped using the name Jay Bender we have utilized the name Bender Casting, which is known in Europe, which is known on the West Coast, which is known all through New York City. And when someone's hiring Bender Casting, whatever casting director they're getting, they are getting a top quality service. I don't want people thinking, oh, I need to get the person because that's not going to bring that company into living for the future above my life or other people's lives.
2: And we're incredibly lucky in that Mark Brandon being the senior casting director has been with Binder casting for many, many years. Chad Murnane has been uh, in contact with me for two years before I had an opening to suggest him to Ryan. And so I'm very confident in the two major elements uh, of theatrical casting that are carrying on the legacy and the commercial department to have Anthony and Kyle Coker. They're incredible people. Again, you know, I feel Bender Casting is in w- wonderful hands.
0: It sounds like there's a lot to look forward to from both Bender Casting and from Jay Bender. <laughs> but this podcast, I believe, sadly, is done now.
2: I just want to thank everybody that's been a part of making this adventure possible. I want to thank you know Mark Brandon and Kyle Coker and Abby Buell uh and uh, Broadway Podcast Network and Joe Christopher and you Ryan for supporting this and Mark uh for being such a generous and wonderful host. Uh, I'm blessed to have this relationship with you, and I cannot thank you and everyone that's been a part of this terrific adventure.
0: You have been listening to Jay Bender, Life & Casting, a podcast from RWS Entertainment Group and Bender Casting, in association with the Broadway Podcast Network. Starring Jay Bender, hosted by Mark Pikert, Produced and directed by Mark Brandon and Kyle Coker. With executive producer Ryan Stana, consulting producers Joe Christopher and Abby Buell, artwork by Justin Squiggs-Robertson, marketing concept by Kevin Lau, marketing content by Amy Cannon, and special thanks to guest star Ryan Stanna.
1: Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud,